you don't even think anyone wants to be there for you. And so when you don't think people want to be there for you, there's no way you're going to reach out to anybody. That's a powerful thing. And so when we say it's a state of mind, it is not to diminish the real effects, but it's to really give you some power to say, you have to change something in your mind. In order to not be lonely. In order to not be lonely, in order to get out of this, because at some point it's going to make you sick. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward D. J. Copeland. That's so stupid. Edward V. J. Copeland. The, yeah. Yeah. That's how I want to be presented. Whatever. Every single episode, it's something different. See me so, in the streets. Call, that's what I want to be referred to as. Let's start off with a what in the world other than what in the world is wrong with you every time you introduce yourself. There's nothing wrong okay. with me. Okay. I'm perfectly fine. What's your what in the world for the week? So we visited the great state of Georgia. Within the great state of Georgia, there's a fantastic city called Atlanta, mm-hmm. Atlanta, ATL. Hotlanta. Um, yep, Hotlanta. And so myself, Jordan, and you, we're there. We do a, a whole thing. It was wonderful. It was amazing. We get into this Uber driver's car. Nice gentleman, right? Um, <laughs> uh, he's taking us to the airport. We're not in a rush, but he's taking us to the airport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the drive should be 25 minutes or so, right? So we get in the car. We're driving. And I noticed that I'm rocking back and forth mm-hmm. like every, I would say, 10, 10 seconds, seconds yeah. every 10 seconds. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, OK, there's something wrong with this guy's car. Like there is the transmission is like giving him some type of feedback. It's He's jerky. Easy to it's like jerking right. like every two seconds. So all three of us are like. Kind so of- then I look and I see that the man's foot what? is on the pedal and he's taking it off every 10 seconds. So I'm like, what in the hell? And so at this point, when I see him do that, I start to really exaggerate my head jerking. So I start going like this. <laughs> like, like you can't see me right now, but I was rocking back and forth as if I was like, it was an abrupt stop. Yeah. Just so that he could see that it was like. It felt like he was. I was getting gas nauseous. break. Gas break. Right. But really, he would like kind of floor it a bit. We, we, <laughs> we would catch some, you know, speed. And then he'd be like, oh, too fast, too, too fast. fast. <laughs> Take your foot off the gas completely. And then it would like slow down. And then you got to gas it again. And so. Eddie was so upset about this. Like for 25 minutes, the guy's doing this and we're making eye contact, but Jordan's sitting in the middle of us and she's looking at us like, why are you guys like, but she's not noticing that she's also jerking, right? And so I got a little car sick. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I think think I'm getting nauseous. So I, within my mask, I had to like go into like a deep meditation and say, okay, I need to take my mind off of the fact that this guy can't figure out whether he wants to go fast or slow. (laughs) Choose one, okay? Right. We're not in a rush. If you want to go slow, that's fine. But you can't do both. Right. You so can't we... go, uh, uh, 
I, I oh was like, gosh. and you know, it was one of those things where he couldn't feel it because he was doing it. Right. Right. But he was making our travel uh, horrible. So, so that's my what in the world. What in the world is wrong with Uber drivers in Atlanta? Oftentimes, things like this will let me see that my husband is indeed not Jesus. <laughs> because I always say, like, you're so patient and kind. And then something like this will just trigger him. And he won't shut up about it, right? <laughs> so he keeps talking and talking. I'm like, honey, I understand I was in the car with you. Yeah, I'm nauseous too. Like, take a deep breath, take your mask off. And he's just upset about it. And I go, okay, maybe no, that's how. Maybe I wait, literally you said, said that's you, how he was taught to drive. No, you said there's something wrong with his car. <laughs> I was like, no. Right, I said it could be a million things. There could be something wrong with I his car. I watched his. Right. I know. But what I'm saying is maybe he knows the limits of the car. Like, <laughs> And so he has found it only to be effective that he has to drive like that. Right. Yeah. And you're like, no. I go, no. okay. Then maybe someone taught him that that's the correct way to drive. He goes, no. Who would teach him? So I'm serving up all these like kind of things to pacify him. And he's just like, no, he should not be driving like, okay, he shouldn't. He should not be an Uber driver, as a matter of fact. Okay, maybe he shouldn't, but circumstances. As a matter of fact, I need to go back and leave him a, a rating. No, okay? you did not. Tell so, the stop start guy that that shit doesn't fly. So there you have it. On October 12th, episode 112 of the Push Podcast, you finally see Eddie's true colors. He is indeed flawed. Like the rest of us, your expectations of this Uber driver. Now, if you would have projectile vomited <laughs> on his back of his freaking head, then you, <laughs> you would have been like so upset and he would have been disgusted. And I would have been like, see, look, well, see what happened? And you want to give this guy grace. Well, I don't remember no. his name, but his music selection was very was odd. interesting. So yeah. the moment we got out of the car, Jordan said, what in the hell was wrong with his music selection? <laughs> like it went from musicals to church music to like. It was just an acapella song at one point. I was like, okay, this is interesting. He's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. So that was an interesting ride. I'm glad that was your what in the world. Yeah, I think I just, my, I just made myself nauseous thinking about oh, it. Oh, God, get over right. it. Okay, my what in the world. Friday, I picked Jordan up from school. We had had lunch. Mm-hmm. We're in the elevator going down to our parked car. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes into our elevator, right? It's not our elevator, but he comes in. Right. I said... Hi, how are you? He said, fine, thank you. And then we press his button for him. We go down, stop. It's our floor. He's going to continue. And I said, have a nice day when we walk out. And he goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it tickled me and Jordan so much, but we talked about it for about an hour. I was like, of all the choices he could have made, he said, okay. (laughs) <laughs> like it was a suggestion to have a nice day and he accepted and he accepted right yeah. or he was like you know i'll consider it yeah yeah so we sure, told that's what you eddie told it, it, uh, and to us it was so funny and he was like well did it upset you that he didn't say have a good day back <laughs> not at all it was just an amazing choice of a response yeah right so think about it like i think that what i want to do now when someone gives me like a suggestion, or I'm going to take their command as a suggestion. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it is. Have a nice day is just like a, you should do that, right? Yeah. Fly safely. Okay. <laughs> Give me another one. Uh, Have a nice workout. Okay. 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 Like, sure. no it's problem. just a suggestion. Yeah. Maybe I'll consider Enjoy it. Enjoy your dinner. He took it very much like a loose <laughs> consideration. Enjoy your dinner. Okay. 
Sure. Imagine okay. if every time someone gave you, because it's not a compliment, right. right? We're giving you really a command. Well, technically, or he a is suggestion. Technically, he is correct. He's a hundred percent correct. He is correct with his response because hundred. We just we want you to we say, just say you too. It's a common like right. gesture to say, yeah, you have a good workout as well, mm -hmm. or. You, yeah, thank you. I was well, doing my dinner. etiquette to return right. it, but you don't have to. But usually you say thank you when someone wishes you well. Mm, if someone tells me, have a nice day, I don't you say, say, oh, thank, thank you. you. No, I no, say, oh, that's no, almost you say, like, okay. you say, I will, and then you say, you too. But if you, if someone says, enjoy your dinner, you're like, oh, yeah, thank you. I will. Yeah. <laughs> also, when people go to the gym and they say, the people that work at the gym say, have a nice workout, and you say, you too. You're yeah. not paying attention, right? Yeah. But anyways, Losers. I want you to just try it on for size. The next time someone gives you like a, because it's a command, you know, have a nice day, mm -hmm. have a nice workout, enjoy your meal, sure, have a nice day. Just say, okay. Yeah. Like you considered it and like shrug one shoulder, like you're just like strongly considerate. Like, okay. Yeah. Enjoy, just, the, enjoy the push podcast. So much. Sure. No problem. I will. Enjoy the push podcast. <laughs> thank okay. you. No, thank you is the opposite oh. of what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you is I like a pleasantry. Even, I can't even break the habit. I know. I'm like, Try it, though. You. All right. It's kind of fun. Sure. No problem. So that's my what in the world is like, <laughs> it, I want you to know I'm not upset about it. It was just, it sparked an hour-long conversation, and Jordan and I thought it was so awesome that yeah. he didn't want he to conform. He broke the social norm. He didn't want to conform. Right. And we're totally reading into this, by the way. Yeah. Well, he that's probably, the that's the beauty of humans. Like, yeah, and if it's you're all paying up attention, to interpretation. They all do very strange things, like not picking acceleration or slowing down. <laughs> right. We all do funny things. And so, what in the world? Well, the okay. So, welcome to episode number one hundred and twelve. Great segue. Wait, to I'm this sorry. Episode. I already segued, and then you cut off the segue. No, I'm just saying. All right, go ahead. You do it. Well, no, you do it. <laughs> what in the world? Did, you do it. Well, I already started he, it. No, and then I'm you saying. You interrupted my segue. Okay, go back to your. No, segue. you do it. No, I no, want you to do it. I, I don't want to do, do it. it. All right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just turn it all off. Okay. Welcome. I to, fuck. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right, go. No, I don't want to go. No, I don't even want to no, do this podcast you actually, anymore. You actually, you segue much better than I do. I know. <laughs> so shut up. That's the wrong response. Anyways, today's episode is about loneliness, and it's inspired by a couple of different things. Number one, I'm feeling a little lonely lately, mm. and I'll tell you why, and then I'll tell you all of the other people that we've come into contact recently that are also feeling lonely. And then we're going to give you kind of a definition because there's a huge difference in feeling lonely yeah. and like chronic loneliness and depression, right? I would even say there's, there's a difference a, between being alone and solitude. Alone and solitude versus right. so, loneliness, yeah. versus right? Versus yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just feeling like now that I don't have the bakery anymore, I don't get in my car and drive anywhere. I'm running our business from home. It feels like there's always a million things to do. I'm finding this balance of now creating a schedule to adhere to because when all of the kids were living at home, my schedule was interrupted constantly. Mm -hmm. Like I can't tell you how many times I was in the middle of recording something and then Jasmine would come home on her lunch break and need to make lunch in the kitchen and I have to stop. Nothing's wrong with that, but it's really hard to stick with a schedule, right? Right. Or Kayla comes out of the room, I'm hungry, are we having lunch, or what are we going to do for dinner, right. whatever. And it's just really hard to be focused, right? So 
I'm working now with this newfound kind of quietness in the house. I'm working on trying to create a schedule to where I can be off at a certain time and then go outside of the house, Mm -hmm. whether it's to go work out, go to the gym, talk to someone at the grocery store. But I would just tell you the word that has come up for me in the last few weeks is like, I feel kind of lonely. I don't have coworkers. I don't sit. It's so cliche, but I don't sit around the, the water cooler at work and talk about the VMAs that's, or the Met that's Gala. Right. Water or, coolers are closed because of COVID. So just don't you're okay. not missing anything. You know what I'm trying to say. You get in your car, you drive to work, you have tons of coworkers, you have morning downloads where you guys are talking about current events, you're talking about tons of things that you're not even paying attention to in the middle of the day or throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any of that, right? You get to listen to a podcast or a YouTube video or a book or something on the way to work, whether it's talk radio, whether it's freaking big boy in the morning mm-hmm. and they're talking about a new release or some little baby, Lil John, Lil whoever, Too Lil Nas X. Yeah. But I don't have that unless I go online and search for that. So right. I have been using the word lately, like I'm kind of lonely. Now, I want to say, I don't mind being alone. Right. Like, I don't mind being at home. I don't mind being in the comfort of my own solidarity. Right. But I also know that loneliness is something that when I express it, people often reciprocate. Oh, my God, I've been feeling so lonely, too. Yeah, which kind of sparked us to have this conversation. And as we dug into this and got deeper and deeper down the loneliness uh, hole, what we found is that um, we're currently in, especially in the United States, we're dealing with an epidemic of loneliness. Mm-hmm. I think there was, a what was the statistic? 75% of Americans feel lonely or right. left out. So it's a study at the University of California, San Diego, found that 75% of Americans feel lonely and left out. Yeah. And, and I think that that goes alongside with the fact that when people look at social media, I think we think of it as a way to connect. But it may even also be, depending on how it's used and people, how they interpret it, a way of feeling even more disconnected and more left out, especially when you're seeing people live their best life. Right. right? And so I think it's a very interesting thing. And now, and what's interesting is I'm, I'm curious as for the listeners and just for even other studies, the difference between you had siblings growing up, mm-hmm. I didn't, and how that impacts like when you feel lonely, like. I look at our kids and our mm-hmm. kids, you know, uh, have had expressed, have each other, but they have expressed times of feeling like, oh, I don't have connections. I'm mm-hmm. looking for a meaningful connection in school. Doesn't seem like I connect with folks. And even when they're surrounded by people, they can feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just an interesting thought because I don't think I've, I've experienced that necessarily, but I can imagine what it feels like to even be worse, to be surrounded by people, but to also feel like, I'm not connected to them because my story is unique or different or or whatever it may be. I may be going to a, a private struggle that no one understands. Mm-hmm. And so as we go through this conversation, it's interesting the things that we we kind of learned and picked up. And then we're going to give some tips for some folks that are out there that are feeling like that because we even our students have expressed feeling that lonely or not disconnected. Yeah, we had, a, disconnected, excuse we had a call this morning with our Pusher Society and we are going to talk about Pusher Society. We're going to talk about that a little bit later because if one of the things that kind of cures loneliness is getting yourself active and involved in a community. And so we have the Pusher Society, which is a group of people that we get together on a Zoom call once a month. We talk about a certain topic and we go kind of deep on it. You yeah. know, So today was about goal setting and how you're going to finish off 2021 really strong. 
And one of the life categories that we often talk about, you know, could be finances, could be health and wellness, it could be your business. But one that comes up often is connections, right? Connectedness and relationships. And making that a priority is something that lots of them wanted to focus on for the bulk of the rest of the year because they were experiencing loneliness. And so, of course, I shared what I just shared with you guys. And we had this whole conversation about things that you can do to avoid loneliness. But I do want to kind of reiterate, like that statistic, 75%, that means that one in every five people feels lonely, alone, feels like people don't understand them. And although you think immediately when I think of like what generation is most impacted by this, I think of the elderly, right? Mm -hmm. Retired people whose families and their children have Mm -hmm. kind of moved on. Mm -hmm. I think of that generation, but guess what the number one generation that's most impacted right now is? It's Gen Z, young adults between 18 and 22. Right. And so that's staggering. And we have children that fall under that category, which is just, it's scary to think about, right? Well, yeah, I think about like, I mean, you think about our childhood, right? And our childhood was built on face-to-face kinetic connection, right? Mm -hmm. We touched, we played, we played tag, we played football, whatever it was, we played outside and we connected with one another. And I think we built meaningful connections because of the connections we built on the playground. And I think about these 18 to 22, and depending on what part of the world you're in, but I kind of get the idea that most kids don't play outside anymore, right? Yeah. And they don't gather their friends to do out- outdoor activities. I remember getting all my friends and it was it was amazing when you can get everybody, mm-hmm. right? It was like the, a special day outside playing and you whatever it was, stupid stuff, rock fight, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was just you built those meaningful connections. So I'm not surprised, but I'm also terrified because I don't know how what we need to do to help these young adults. Right. So this is what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. We're going to talk about why loneliness is a thing. Like, why are people feeling right. so lonely in today's age? what can happen if you don't address it and you continue to let it happen or kind of consume you and then how to work through it. So the why, the what, and the how. And so let's talk about why people are lonely because you kind of touched on some of it, but let's kind of go in order. I think we have eight tips or eight reasons why we think people are lonely. So number one, I'm just going to say 2020 killed it, the pandemic, (laughs) right? People are used to staying at home. It's become a habit at this point. People have learned how to pivot their careers or their businesses, and they're just home a lot now. Right. Okay. Number two, you're creating some sort of like self-induced isolation, social isolation. So as a whole, it says that Americans as a whole are becoming less socially connected, which bleeds into everything. So that means less community involvement, less volunteer work, less religious participation. And the living conditions are really, really big, which lead me into number three. And then we'll talk about all of these. Number three, I've been hearing staggering statistics around household size. Mm -hmm. So in the United States, it has declined in the past decade. Over a quarter of the population, which is 28% of older adults now live alone. Yeah. 28% of people in America live alone, which is really interesting because I think that number is higher. That was as of 2019 because I heard something recently that said that it was getting closer to 50%. So if you think about that, 
there's many things to unpack here. But yeah. if you are used to living, let's say 20 years ago, you lived in a multi-generational household, right? So we would live with, let's say, your mom, right. your elderly mom. As she's aging, we get to keep her young. Our kids keep her young and kind of connected. And then she teaches them the value of respect and wisdom and like that sort of thing, mm -hmm. right? So that is what the American household looked like a few generations ago, yeah, a not, generation ago. Not to mention, like, you know, since you're just kind of talking about why people feel lonely, but think about the connection you had when you had multiple generations or multiple people in your home. Mm -hmm. Like you were constantly being, con you were connecting with someone you had a bond with. You may not right. have had a bond with everyone in the household, but you had a bond with somebody that can hear you out, hear whatever is going on in your life, give you advice, give you guidance, or maybe you're doing that to someone else and you're serving someone else, which obviously can fill your cup as well. Yeah. And so I think like taking that into consideration, like the pandemic hit, we're used to working from home, being at home, we're more isolated than ever because you kind of had to find your own rhythm. And then now your household is not as big as it used to be. Everyone's right. kind of distributed. And not only are we like distributed, but we are distributed amongst a greater scale, right? Mm -hmm. So Americans now are traveling outside of the U.S. for work, right? We can work remotely from wherever for the first time in history. And so like if you left, let's just take our kids, for example, like when we're not living with your mom or my parents or anyone like that. So that's one removed. Then we've got kids that are now outside. Let's say that Jasmine takes on a job, you know, working for a law firm in freaking Ghana, mm -hmm. and she's now able to work remotely from another country or, you know, it's just there's so many more options right. for not only for you to not live together, but for you to disperse amongst like a large area of the world. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. The next reason, number four, why people are lonely is because we are consistently glued to technology. And although I have tons of internet friends, like we have tons of people that are in the pusher society that we would consider like, oh, well, these are friends that kind of fill your cup. There's not real physical connection there. Yeah. And I also think that this that's something different there. So far, I think I think I look, look at how people use the Internet now. The Internet is not what you think it is. The Internet is social media. That mm -hmm. is the Internet. And what's interesting is I watch like our kids. I watch people that I interact with. And the way that they navigate through TikTok, Instagram at the speed in which they do it, I think that that in itself is not a form of connection like the pusher society right. is, right? A pusher society, we get on the call now, we may not have physical connection, but I can't tell you how many calls we've been on where someone has like emotionally broken down because we've, you know, we've hit, we struck a nerve and now we're trying to get move forward with helping them with, and improving something in their life. That's a connection. That can't happen without a connection. But I think when you are scrolling, looking at other people's lives, tapping the like button and kind of moving on, that's not a connection. That's just occupying your time, mm -hmm. right? And so I think when you say glued to technology, I think it's glued in a way that you're disconnected, right? Right. You're just looking at things and it's just visually appealing, but it doesn't necessarily have meaning to it, right? right? And so you're not pulling anything or giving anything to the community that you you say that you're a part of. Well, also, when I think of glued to technology, I think of the fact that we go to restaurants often and you'll see a whole entire family at the table on their phones. And that has happened to us. Trust me, we're not perfect, you know, but we're not usually like scrolling through social media while we're at dinner. It could be I get a call, you know, you've got to respond to an email for work. Jordan's trying to update an assignment for school. 
Like we're not perfect at that. And, and oftentimes I'm like, if someone walked by us right now, they would think that we're so disconnected. But like, I will say you- that once that first initial moment of sitting down, taking care of whatever you like, our family has been really good at, about putting away the devices. Right. But what I'm saying is most families are not. Right. And I noticed it often when we are at a restaurant right. where, you know, you've got the two-year-old on the iPad trying to just keep them busy or entertained so he's not freaking out in the restaurant. And then you've got the teenagers kind of on their social media or checking TikTok. So I do think that that is technology is for sure contributing to our loneliness epidemic. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Reason number five, we do things from home that we normally do together. Mm -hmm. So think church, which by the way, that's a whole separate topic. Church attendance and participation and just like religious gatherings in themselves has decreased, declined significantly in the last five years. Right. And so they're saying, I'm going to, we just came back from Scotland and they were turning churches into pubs (laughs) because the attendance has significantly decreased in the past, you know, five to 10 years. They're saying in the next 10 years, it's going to be even lower, Mm -hmm. obviously, because people are into this kind of self-help movement, which brings me to number six. Let me just say that and then we'll go back and talk about five. Number six on why people are lonely is I think there's a little bit to do with like this self or personal development work is done by yourself. Like think of how many times we talk about yourself or ourselves. We're so self-driven, self-care, self-love, self-development. This is nothing to do with community. It's all personal work that you do on your own by yourself. Interesting. I'm not against it, Yeah, but I'm saying we're doing way more introspective work today than we've ever done before. And we're talking about self-care and self-body image and all this self-stuff that I think it breeds a bit of self-isolation. Yeah, I definitely can see that. I also focus. I also can see that that focus builds a certain level of resilience so you don't feel lonely, right? But I think that if you've gone too far where it's, you're so self-involved that you're not reaching out to others and you're not making connections, mm-hmm. then I definitely it could plant a seed of loneliness that can happen there. Uh, yeah, I totally I think it, uh, that is something that can definitely be related to a feeling of loneliness. Right. And I think about when you were talking about things that we would normally go somewhere to right. do. So number five, we do things from home that we normally do together. I said church, but also let's talk about workouts yeah. like during the pandemic. We had to basically get weights and kind of build a gym at home and figure out a routine to work out at home. People are so used to that now, again, taking me back to number one, which is it's habitual after the pandemic. Right. And so now things that we normally do in a community, like outside workouts, being at the gym, you're not necessarily doing it with someone else, but you're in community is a big deal. Yeah. And I think there's there's has been a a rise in at home workouts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got different things popping up. You've got mirror, Mm -hmm. you got Peloton, you got. Apple Fitness, you got Beachbody. all the, you got all these different things that are interactive that we enjoy because technology is involved, right? But at the same time, you're still not getting that. Hey, I ha- I go to this spin class with these individuals in my class, and the instructor and, pushes right, us. Or I have friends that after the class, I can't tell you. Being a, when I was in the fitness industry, how many people would sit and talk after a class mm-hmm. f- for thirty minutes, right? Right, and that's a connection, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that those things 
uh, although they can be great, they also can be detrimental to our, our ability to connect. Right. And if less people are going to church to the extent that we have to close down the churches because they're like viewing church or participating with church online, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt then that's less people that you get to be in community with, right? So I remember years ago when your uncle died and we uh, went to stay with your aunt and we were, you know, getting ready for the funeral. So many people knocked on the door and said that they were from the church and they wanted to bring food or toilet paper or something for the family. And I just remember getting really emotional after like the 10th person from church came. I was like, literally, if someone died because we weren't active in the church at the time, we would have nobody to come bring us anything. Right. So not having that ability to lean on or rely on people that you once, you know, worshipped or did religious things with, I think is a big miss when it comes to community and your circle and the village that it takes to just get through life. Yeah, for sure. Okay, moving into number seven. I think this is a big one. I think people are really hypersensitive with rejection. Okay, explain. And I I mean, like reaching out to people, being forward with wanting to build relationships, whether that's courting with someone else or just to build a friendship and talking to a stranger. Mm -hmm. I think people have gotten to a place where we have been so disconnected. The only means that we have through connection is through digital devices. Mm that human to human connection, we have become awkward. But at the same time, when you are feeling lonely, and this is important for someone that's feeling this way, what you also start to manifest is antisocial behaviors Mm -hmm. and counterproductive behaviors when it comes to being social. Because what ends up happening is you're waiting for this group to to rescue you and, and swoop you into their community when without actually having to put forth the effort because of the fear of what if you know this person thinks I'm strange or what that's strange and awkward. I can't tell you how awkward our kids get when we start to initiate conversations mm-hmm. with people. It's like they're like, oh my God, don't do that. Yeah, you guys talk to everyone. <laughs> you guys talk to everybody. And then I understand like you were mentioning a stat that you're the most social you're going to be in like your Mm -hmm. 30s. So I can't wait for them to get to that place. Yeah. But I do think that there is an element to like things being awkward for them when it comes to talking to strangers, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're out and about. Like I think that those things you learn so much about people. But I do think that we become very hypersensitive to rejection and, and like what if this person doesn't like me? Right. And then number eight. And number eight is that you perpetuate loneliness because of the fact that rejection is too painful. So you start. So you're actually causing the loneliness because you're perpetuating more antisocial behavior. Right. So seven is that, hey, you know what? Rejection is too painful. Mm -hmm. And number eight is. What if they don't like me? Right. And number eight is is that because you're lonely, you start to behave like a a lonely lonely person, person, right? Mm -hmm. And so you don't give off really good energy. Maybe you come across as cold and isolated, and people are like, who may be lonely too, or like, oh, this person doesn't want to talk to me, right? So I think those things kind of work hand in hand. I think they're really powerful and they're main reasons why people feel lonely. Right, so let's get into that. So like, what can happen if you let it go on and perpetuate for too long? Let's talk about what can happen to your body. If you're experiencing ongoing feelings of loneliness, it can have negative effects on your physical health. This is from, I think it's healthonline.com. So I'm going to link it in the show notes, but it says it could lead to things like weight gain, sleep deprivation, poor heart health, 
a weakened immune system. That's crazy. It can also put your body under more stress than normal. Yeah, I, we were at the start. We said the negative effects are staggering, right? So, but chronic loneliness is worse for your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day, mm-hmm. which I can't even fathom, right? Yeah. And then it is linked to all the things you just mentioned uh, as well as cognitive de- decline, dementia, and a shorter lifespan. And increased risk for cardiovascular disease, stroke, depression. And the crazy thing is that like loneliness is a state of mind, mm-hmm. right? There are individuals that are in solitary confinement for long periods of time, which let me just preface this. Most people are damaged by that, mm-hmm. right? But many people find a sense of peace being alone, mm-hmm. right? You see monks that are that sometimes live in isolation to find Nirvana or whatever the case may be. But I do think that it, all these things, these you know, is a state of mind. But eventually, it creates a tremendous amount of dis-ease for your body, which leads to so many things that uh, can shorten your life, which is just staggering to me. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what continued loneliness can do to your mind and your behavior. We already kind of touched on the fact that it could help you perceive yourself as being a lonely person. So you start to behave like a lonely mm-hmm. person. But loneliness increases depressive symptoms and it increases your perceived stress, fear of negative evaluation, so kind of rejection. It increases your anxiety, it increases anger, and it diminishes your optimism and self-esteem. So it's ruining your confidence to actually put yourself out there to go talk to people. Yeah. And not be lonely. And then so now you like like number eight, you kind of perpetuate that. Mm-hmm. But you think about how much we rely on each other. So this is important, I think, and we'll get into what you can do to help yourself and to get out of this place of loneliness because it is so detrimental. But you think about what Janelle just read and you think about how much we rely on each other for perspective when it comes to things that are happening, which help ease our stress. Um, how much we we sometimes need a shoulder to cry on so that we feel connected so that we can offload mm-hmm. the things that are bogging us down. And you think about all that. And when you when you really think that you're alone, you don't even think anyone wants to be there for you. Yeah. Right. And so when you don't think people want to be there for you, there's no way you're going to reach out to anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's a powerful thing. And so when we say it's a state of mind, it is not to diminish the real effects, but it's to really give you some power to say, you have to change something in your mind. In order to not be lonely. In order to not be lonely, right. in order to get out of this, because at some point it's going to make you sick. So let me give you the true definition of loneliness. It says, while common definitions of loneliness describe it as a state of solitude or being alone, loneliness is actually a state of mind. Loneliness causes people to feel empty, alone, and unwanted. People who are lonely often crave human contact, but their state of mind makes it more difficult to form connections with other people. So kind of reiterating what we said, the more lonely you convince yourself that you are, the less likely you are to get out and actually have connections, right? So it says loneliness, according to many experts, is not necessarily about being alone, It's if you feel alone and isolated, then that's how loneliness plays into your state of mind. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question that I want to ask you is, like, when I say I'm lonely, I'm not clinically depressed. I'm not, like, lonely to where I feel like I can't do something about it. But I do know that 
when I'm feeling lonely, it's because I'm lacking the connections and I'm craving some sort of relationship or experience or something that I know I'm responsible for going out and creating or chasing or kind of pouring into. Like yeah. I know that that's what I'm I'm in need of. Yeah. And I, when you read that, it makes me concerned with those that would consider themselves to be introverts, mm-hmm. right? Because they may be thinking about that going, well, I'm I'm perfectly fine not, you know, making connections right. because because I'm an introvert. And I do kind of air quotes saying that because I think that people start to self-identify as that and they start to play that out. Mm-hmm. And if you are an introvert and now you are feeling lonely, it is tough for you to go out and reach out to someone because you have identified yourself as someone that does not do that kind of thing. Right. For you as an as a person that would say that you're extroverted in your behavior, which I think is a better way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you find energy in, in those connections, you find energy in connecting with people. And then, but you've also, you don't have any fear of rejection when it comes to connecting with people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things where you can go and say, okay, I'm going to change my, my situation or my circumstances in the next day, but I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym and talk to somebody. I'm right. going to go to the meditation center down the street and I'm going to go see if, you know, maybe I can get in here and, you know, and build a meditation community, whatever the case may be. (laughs) But so I think that those folks that are listening that may say, Hey, I'm an introvert and you have to be careful that you don't allow that, that title to become your identity. And then you find yourself in a situation where you can't do anything about the feeling of loneliness that you may be impacted by right now. Right. So just reiterating loneliness versus solitude. Loneliness is, you know, your feelings of isolation, despite wanting social connections. It's often perceived as involuntary separation, rejection, or abandonment by other people. So you're feeling lonely because you think that other people are rejecting you. No one's bringing you in. You feel left out. Everyone's living their best life except for you. That causes you to feel loneliness, which again is a mental thing. Like you're feeling it emotionally, right? right? Versus solitude, on the other hand, is voluntary. People who enjoy spending time by themselves, which is you, (laughs) continue to maintain positive social relationships and that they can return to whenever they crave connection, right? So they still spend time with others sometimes when they want to, but these interactions are kind of like, they can go for long periods of time without it. So very, very different. Like, are you experiencing voluntary loneliness, which may just be coming from solitude? Like you're choosing to not go out and, you know, make yourself a part of these communities or reach out to your friends or make these things a priority. Why? Because you're busy chasing a business. You're busy raising kids. You're busy working too much. Like these are things that we have to peel back the onion layers on to see if we are causing ourselves to feel lonely or if we are just creating this self-induced solitude, Mm. which is making you think that you're a lonely person and nobody wants you, but that's not the case. Yeah, and the reality is is that everybody wants to connect somehow with someone, right? Right. And so I think if you know that to be true, that connection is part of, and you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, connection is one of the things that- Basic human need. Is a basic human need. So we all need that at some point to connect with others. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that should give you hope, especially if you feel like connections are hard to come by. 
But I think, you know, what's interesting, like I think about my childhood and I think that before my brother was born, I was the only child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when he, when I was even younger, my mom worked multiple jobs. And so I was alone a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I got to a place where I enjoyed my own company to a certain extent. So I don't think we were talking about this. Like I was like, I asked you the question, have you ever felt like extreme loneliness? But I can say that I, and not that I'm better than anyone, but I can say that starting as a young kid, I was alone a lot. And so I developed this relationship with myself where I was okay being alone. Well, right? let me I, ask you this though. If you were a kid in 2021 who had access to this technology that talks to you about things like depression and loneliness, and it was kind of giving you or feeding you all of these things that you could be sitting at home in your spare time, being alone, self-diagnosing yourself, do you think that the outcome could have been different? Because you as well, a child, of course not. but <laughs> you as a child is very different than a child in 2021. Would you agree? Yeah. I, it just, again, I think it just depends on what you're consuming, what, what you're, you're reading, consuming, what your circumstances. How you look at if it. I live in a royal, you know, rural, rural countryside. That you I, said royal, rural, rural, rural. Uh, that's a I got that's you. a tough word. Okay. <laughs> and I live in the country, <laughs> and I and I played outside. I could probably avoid that, mm -hmm. right? I could probably have really healthy connections with folks because we live in the country. I play outside, and and that's what I do. But if I go by what you just described, I stand no chance, right? Because Everything that I'm looking at is telling me how I'm I'm feeling right now, right. right? And so I think those are things that are, and that's a whole different conversation around when we give young people so much information around mental health that they don't know what to do with yet. That's a whole different thing. So when you think about all this stuff, what do I do? Like, well, how do I get- Can I just say, I read this book recently called What Happened to You? And it was by Oprah Winfrey and a psychologist. I can't mm -hmm. remember his name. But they gave these staggering statistics on, you know, things like we talked about the multi-generational households and how now that we don't have them, it's ruining our connections and our togetherness. And then you were talking about playing outside. We both played outside, like with skateboards in the trees. I loved climbing trees right. with other kids that we didn't know that had germs, that had weird parents, right? But today's society, we seem to think that there are so many predators out there. So we don't let our kids right. play outside. So we are robbing them from all of these experiences and opportunities to create connections and start friendships and really expand their social interaction skills. And oh, so that's yeah. what's happening, I believe, with this younger generation is these helicopter parents are saying it's not safe for you to play outside. Right. You can't interact with another human because not only do they have coronavirus or cooties or something, but their parents are weird. And I don't want you, you know, learning all these different things. And so I have to protect you. And so you're basically stifling their social skills. And yeah. so then they turn into teenagers and they're like, stop talking to strangers. Like, ah, why is the Starbucks guy yeah. asking me how my day is right, going? Right. I just want to get my coffee and go. Right, I don't right. need customer service interaction. It's awkward. Oh, my God. Right. They made eye contact with me. All these weird social right, things right. that are going to continue to perpetuate until what? Until... I don't know. There's a lot. I mean, if you're a parent right now, just think about it. Don't like, rob your kids from experiences but, but also, you got to have. But who do, we were willing to let our kids go play outside, but there was just no one out there, right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. you think about like 
how many parents are listening to this right now that would, if their kid was just eight or nine years old, allow them to go outside and play for six hours, seven hours, and not actually know exactly where they were. Because oh, that was my childhood. God, not yes. none. But also get this. I remember when the kids were in elementary school, I was starting the bakery, right? And there would be times where I would be like, you're going to have to walk home from school today. Mind you, we live blocks away from their school, right? right? And I remember this one mom who I love dearly, but several moms would be like, I just want you to know, I just dropped off your kids. Like, don't let them walk home. Next time you need to get them a ride, you call me. And I'm like, but why? Like, they right. can walk home three times a year. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's three of them. They're in a pack. And let know? me just tell you, the cases of like abduction have not necessarily grown drastically have, increased. Right. Actually, we're finding the people that were abducted when we that were, were kids. taken so, when we were kids. Yeah. Right. But yeah. And so it's like there it's is one a of those camera things on where, every street corner now. Like, yeah. I dare you to take a kid. Yeah. Because, the next push podcast is going to be about let your kids play outside. Right. Damn it. They need to. Okay, so let's wrap it up with what can we do? So these are 10 practical things that I think anybody can do if you're experiencing loneliness. And again, we're not clinical psychologists, but we are speaking from experience. You, mister, I never get lonely because I enjoy my alone time. There have been times, though, I will say, where you need to get out and have some connections with your friends. Yeah. Right. You need that, right? Like, I can only give you so much. I mean, I can only be your best friend on so many days of the year. But yeah, I'm just kidding. But but not like you need male interaction. I need female interaction. Right. 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 And it is different for men and women. But regardless, here are the tips that we want to give you to get yourself out of loneliness, to start taking some control so you don't feel so lonely. So number one, remind yourself that you're not alone. We all experience loneliness or times where we're craving connection and we need more of it at different times of our life. Right. So know that you're not alone. Number two, you got to reach out. You I can't reach tell out. you how many times, especially when you're going through something difficult, whether it be in business, in life, in your marriage, in a relationship where people retract, you mm-hmm. pull away, you want to just create all this alone time so that way you can solve on your own. You well, don't have to yeah, do that. And, and that's the thing. Like, when you were talking about like the personal development thing being something or the self-development thing being something that can create loneliness, mm-hmm. I think that that's is counter to what I how I was thinking. I'm not saying one was wrong or right, but I, I'll say this is when people go through things, that is when they become the most self-centered and they go into themselves and they start to create narratives and they start to think and create meanings that may not be accurate. And so it's the most self-involved that you are when you're going through a problem And that's probably the worst thing for you to do. Right. The worst, the best thing is to get outside of yourself so that you can get perspective, so that you can get a reasonable understanding of what you're doing, but to get clarity. And if you're going to go within, then I think that there's methods to do that. Mindfulness, meditation, things like that. But I do think that you become very self-involved when you go through problems. Yeah. So number two, again, is reach out, touch base with your friends and family, make it a priority to connect with your loved ones. Number three, plan and schedule routine outings or dates. And I have a couple of examples of this. In the book that I just read, they were talking about that uh, this man is married to you know his wife and they have small children. They found an online kind of friendship group where they agreed to meet at one of the couples. Let's say there's five couples and they rotate every Sunday. 
at a park Mm -hmm. for just two hours. So it's like at a perfect time from four to six. And to avoid all of the things that could potentially get in the way of you coming, like bring your own. You bring your own. So you bring every family brings their own food, right? right? If you can make it, you come. If not, we'll see you next week. But every week it's at the same place, same time. And so what they do is they have a topic every week that they talk about. So this week we're going to talk about like, is college necessary for your kids? Well, I would love to be in a relationship with five other couples and talk about what everybody's different perspectives are based on their education based on their income level, based on so many things. That's great. So they purposely do this because they know that being a young couple, raising young kids, it's stressful. Right. So they're creating a community of their own. I love that. I thought that was really awesome. Number four, join online groups or communities. So again, kind of a plug for the Pusher Society. Just today, again, in the Pusher Society, we were talking, several of the people, members in the Pusher Society were talking about loneliness. We also talked about problems. We also served up some problems. And there's always magic when you can have an alternate perspective around your problem kind of positioned to you. So I think it was Brenda was like, I'm always worried and hiding behind perfectionism. But really, when we pulled it apart, it wound up being that she's just afraid to disappoint her customers, right? right. right? And then we gave her permission to know that you're gonna upset a couple of your customers. But what if 95% of them were always happy? And out of every 100, you knew that there were five bad ones that you kind of fell short on. And all you had to do was just learn from it and move forward. She was like, okay, that's a totally different way to look at it. So it's like giving you permission when you're in a community, you get to try on new ideas and perspectives. And I think it just helps push you out of these ruts that you find yourself stuck in if you do it in isolation. Yeah, because when you start going into your own head, you find that the the thoughts and the perspectives that you have are not really useful. And so I think you got to get around other people. But one of the things I I think that I heard that, that people join the Pusher Society because it is that moment they get to connect with people that are like-minded, mm-hmm. that that are trying to move forward in life. And they come and we talk about like whatever the topic is or mm-hmm. the book that we're reading so that they can kind of have that community, but also get that push, that perspective, that accountability mm-hmm. that helps them. And, and I think that that's a powerful thing. So shout out to the Pusher Society. If you're not a part of it, join it. You can go to JanelleCopeland.com and click on Pusher Society and we'll also link it in the show notes. Moving on, number six, one of the ways that you can decrease loneliness is to have a better mindfulness practice. Obviously, I have a journal. I say obviously like you've been around forever. If you're new, though, and you don't know, go to Amazon and just look up Guide to Thrive Journal every day. One of the prompts in the morning is... One, who do I want to make proud today? Like, who's my inspiration? Who can I dedicate this day to? That's for you to, like, remember why you're doing hard things, right? right? Another prompt that's daily is going to ask you, who can I surprise with a gift today or a note? Who can I send a text message to? Who can I reach out to? Who um, can I reach out to and thank Like there's just different prompts every single day to encourage you to lean into connection. Yeah. And I think when I think about mindfulness, I also think about meditation, like I mentioned before. And we had this conversation, like how does meditation help you with loneliness? Well, if it's a state of mind, that means that there's a lack of clarity of something, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you have a lack of clarity, that means that there is information or noise 
that's giving you a, a meaning or de- definition the time of the circumstances you're going through that may not necessarily be accurate. And what meditation does is it helps you get really quiet mm-hmm. so that you can think about your circumstances and your situation with great clarity. But the most important thing is you think about it objectively. Right. So you're able to kind of separate yourself and say, oh, actually, I'm not lonely. I'm I'm alone right now. And I actually haven't been doing anything to build relationships with folks. That's right. a clear thought. Right. right. That can lead to action. So I think that's powerful. Okay. Number seven is volunteer to serve others. This is my absolute favorite. I do this when I have a bad day, when I'm in a bad season, because I need to get outside of myself and I need to do something for others. But I can't tell you, you know, that you could get out and volunteer. Businesses need volunteers at conferences. Hospitals need volunteers. Shelters need volunteers. Convalescent homes. Animal shelters is a good one. So someone I know that was going through major depression, we started talking about like what things bring you joy. And he used to care for horses Mm -hmm. at one point. And so I called around frantically trying to find a horse shelter. And every horse shelter I called was like, we need volunteers badly. Mm. So when I presented it to him, he just completely lit up. And so I can't remember what it's called, but serving animals and caring for animals is actually a form of therapy. Right. And so I would just tell you, if you feel lonely and disconnected, you need to get out and go serve, be of service to someone in need of something greater than yourself. Love that. Number eight, be a good neighbor. State I farm have, is there. <laughs> this Sorry. is not a state farm <laughs> plug, but be a good neighbor. So let me give you an example. A few months ago, I opened the door and on our doorstep, there was this beautiful, like small little flower arrangement. And it said from, you know, 458 Danehurst, which is our street number. And it was just the house number. It didn't have a name or anything. So I thought it was the sweetest gift. Mm -hmm. I brought it inside. And then I was like, I'm going to go for a walk around the block and kind of just figure out where this house is. I always go for walks around the block, but I remembered the address. And so I'm walking, but I see this man holding like five arrangements while I'm out walking. And I said, are you the one responsible for these? This was such a great thing. Are you taking them to all the neighbors? And he's like, yep, 23 of them live on our block and we're taking them. And he said, I can't take responsibility. My wife wanted to do something nice. It was during the pandemic. And I was like, I just want to thank you so much. So it was so thoughtful that I waited about a month and then I went and kind of pruned a bunch of succulents in my backyard, put 23 arrangements together in these beautiful glass things. And I delivered them on the doorsteps of all of my neighbors, again, 23 houses, And I put a little tag that said, hoping your day doesn't suck, love the Copeland household. And I put our address and it was so cool that like still to this day, every third week or so, someone leaves something on my doorstep, whether it's some cookies, whether it's a flower arrangement, a candle. And so we've kind of sparked something in our neighborhood where everyone is like, okay, I got to step up because now this is like the sixth thing that I've got from all these neighbors. And it's really sweet. So every time they put something on my doorstep, I save the little card so that I know who the neighbor is or at least what the name is. Right. And I just think that that is so good for your soul, right? I love that. So I'm going to do that with cookies for the holidays. (laughs) Maybe not food, though, because I don't know if people are going to eat it. Anyways, 
Number nine, talk to strangers. I know a few years back, one of my girlfriends, Drea, she's kind of an introvert, self-proclaimed. She had a 30-day challenge for herself. She went to the gym every single day and she said, every single day, I'm going to say hi to someone totally outside of my comfort zone. I'm going to compliment someone. And so just watching her do it, she built up so much courage and confidence And I just remember the first day that she said she was going to do it. She goes, I saw this cute like mom and daughter working out and I wanted to tell them like how cute it was. And then by the time I worked up enough courage, it was too late, (laughs) but she learned. And then the next day she just was like spitting out compliments. Right. And so she makes tons of friends now, but that's a great challenge. So it could be someone at the grocery store. It could be a compliment. I often try to force myself, not force, that sounds bad, but I give compliments to random strangers all the time just because I think that you should. Yeah. But you know, this is one of those things that's probably gonna be uncomfortable for most people, Mm -hmm. especially if you're 22, between 18 and 22 years old. But I do think that- (laughs) Weirdos. That discomfort is going to give you growth uh, in so many ways. And so you underestimate the the power and the ability to connect with people mm-hmm. that you don't know. From a business standpoint, that's very effective and very important. But just for your own career and what you're trying to accomplish in life, you need people, yep. right? And so your ability to pick up, find a stranger and, and just start some type of conversation, I think is a that's powerful key. thing. So I think that's key. Yep. And number 10, throw a dinner party, throw some sort of gathering, something. So like this Sunday, I reached out to a couple of friends and I said, hey, why don't you bring your own pumpkin? We're going to do pumpkin carving every Sunday in October. Oh, we are? Yeah. Well, we're going to be gone the last two Sundays. It's really only two. So fun. Wow, you're in. I'm I'm going to make sure you're not around. You can actually stay in isolation in your room away from everyone since you like being alone. Okay, that's fine. Good. So, (laughs) wow, you're a jerk. (laughs) So I'm hosting a pumpkin carving gathering so people can bring their pumpkins and we can just order pizza or something and just be in community. Maybe you don't need to be around people, but I do. Well, hey, I'm always there. I don't want you to be there. (laughs) So yeah, I hope that those things helped you. I'm also going to link something from University of Chicago. It says 17 easy things to do when you're feeling lonely. But I think our list of 10 is pretty solid. So everything from service to reminding yourself you're not alone to holding yourself accountable to pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and initiating conversations and also initiate reaching out. Like you've got to know that like, I hear so many people like, oh, they don't call me. Okay, we'll call them. Yeah, call like, them. It's okay to it's initiate so something. Interesting. That yeah. again goes back to that rejection, that right. fear of rejection. Oh, I don't want them to think I'm desperate. Well, you are. You're, you're lonely. You're desperate. Right. <laughs> desperate action. But it's that whole like pride thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like reach out to someone, like be in service. If you think you want, hey, if you want to just go out and brighten someone else's day, if you're feeling gloomy, go brighten someone else's day. And I'm sure you're going to make a connection there and it'll feel really great and it'll break that cycle of loneliness. Yep. So head over to JanelleCopeland.com, click on the Push Podcast, and you can get this list of all of the resources we're giving you. But seeing that one in every five Americans would consider themselves lonely, I hope that this episode served you. And I know that I will be in practice of all of these things. So let's let's do this together. Slide into my DMs on Instagram. Don't do it for Eddie because he's never lonely, but definitely let me know oh, if you want to connect. Stop. And you're not yeah. coming to my pumpkin don't, don't Yeah, yeah. Hit me up. I'll, I'll be there for you. I like to connect too. So. All right. We'll okay. talk to you guys later. Push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.